This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Hey, it's the show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. Hey, today's show is all about Alzheimer's stories. It's a concert event designed to bring awareness, support, and hope to a horrible disease. We'll speak with Dr. Timothy Coker, Dr. Mark Nabols, Dr. George Patton, and Mary Kim Smith, and she's the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association, Mississippi Chapter National Organization. We'll also chat about the latest headlines in the weekend roundup and get your feedback on our question of the day. How has Alzheimer's affected you? It has in my family, definitely. To join in our conversation, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back right after the news. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Emma a digital marketing platform for helping teams of all sizes plan, deliver, and optimize targeted email campaigns. Emma, on a mission to help marketers do their very best work. MyEmma.com slash NPR. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Well, you know, it's Alzheimer's Awareness today. There was a story, actually, in the New York Times, so we're going to take a look inside the Mississippi Course's Alzheimer's Stories concert event and speak with, we got a whole host of, we have a full studio in here because that's how great this show is today. We're going to have, starting with Mary Kim Smith, excuse me, Executive Director of the Alzheimer's Association Mississippi Chapter. They do a lot of great work to help fight this terrible disease. Dr. Kim, uh, Timothy Coker, and I can't speak English today, so I might as well just go back to sleep. He's Emeritus Professor of Music at Millsaps College who has enjoyed a long and celebrated music career in our state. Dr. Mark Nabals, the art, artistic director of the Mississippi Chorus and director of choral activities at Mississippi College, and Dr. George Patton, the medical director of Campbell Cove, the memory care unit of St. Catherine's Village, and a board member of the Mind Center of the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Um, this is an incredibly important show. Look, I'd like to believe that every show that we do every Monday is the most important radio show that we've ever done. Uh, and I know uh, from firsthand why this is so important. Of course, my dad passed away from Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, I guess probably it was last year. It was July 5th. And uh, my family, of course, went through that walk, and we walked along with him, and it was very difficult. It was very difficult for him, but it was particularly difficult for the caregivers. And right now there are several people that are listening that are also on that walk. And so uh, what is – we'll be talking to Dal- about today is incredibly important because uh, music is such an important part of this process, at least in my opinion. And this concert series is incredible. It's an event. It's going to be, and we'll get into the details on it, but um, you know, people sometimes feel helpless. They feel like, oh, what can we do? We can't do anything about this. This, this disease has got us and it's, it's, there's nothing we can do. But you know what? This is doing something. This is something that can help heal the caregivers and it can help, uh, of course, raise and, and awareness and help be able to find a cure. So we're going to have a great show on that. Um, and I've got to be really honest with you. This is a tough thing for me to talk about today because I have not spoken about it much. Uh, I've, I've written a few Facebook posts and people know maybe a little bit that my dad went through this. But 
Um, it's a tough thing, and it, it's uh, you know, and I think a good point is a few years ago we probably never really heard about this much, and now we're hearing about it more and more and more. So that is why um, this is Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and we are going to make you very aware of it today. And it's uh, something that's really important. Michelle, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Well, obviously having a very hard time reading and speaking, <laughs> so which is a little bit of trouble when you're on a radio show. Well, it's Monday. I believe we can just chalk it up to it's Monday. I left my cell phone at home. How, and... you, how are you functioning? I, no, no, no. No, no. How I are drove. You no, I have to f- finish oh, the story. You, you bravely got here, right? <laughs> I drove all the way back home to okay. get it because you can't function without your cell phone. So it was a not a good start for me this morning, but um, I'm here. Isn't I'm that smiling. the weirdest thing? I mean, I got halfway to Carthage from Jackson and realized I didn't have my phone, and I started sweating. I was like, I made the first 35 years of my life without a phone. I think I can probably well, make it to Carthage. With me, it's more, what if my daughter calls me uh, emergency, things like that. So, And how often does she call you an emergency? <laughs> She's going to call you the one. It's like when you drive without your driver's exactly. license. Exactly. Like, they're going to get pulled over. And the so. one time you leave your wallet at home, you do get pulled over. So it happens. But, you know, this this um, show today is very important because a lot of people don't know about this disease. They don't know right. what it is. They don't even know how to say it, you know, let alone. Right. So I wanted to do this show to bring awareness and to just not talk about the negative part, but the positive things that people are doing to bring awareness exactly. to this disease. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I tell you what. um, and, and, you know, I can talk, just talk a little bit more about my own situation. I, I honestly, um, it was not a lot of fun. And obviously, uh, I hated it for my dad because my dad deserved to live to be an old man and be as sharp as he was from the day he, you know, that I've, my dad was way smarter than I was. I mean, he really was he a lot more creative, a lot funnier and everything else. So that, that was the hard part. The beautiful part of it was it made my sisters and I closer and it made us realize how incredibly wonderful and special my dad is. And as he went down this path, um, and I say the word down because it was a downward trajectory for him, but uh, it stripped away everything bad about my dad and revealed who he was on the inside. And and he was a lovely man and a wonderful man. And we loved him. We were holding his hands the day he passed. Wow. And so it was a really powerful thing. And uh, But no, I didn't know anything about it either. Mm-hmm. And there was so much I didn't know because like when you're dealing with somebody with Alzheimer's, you know, they're going to say things like, like dad, for instance, would say, well, you know, my parents are, they're going to come pick me up. Well, my grandparents died in 1990. Mm. And so what you say is, well, they'll be here in a little bit, dad. And I can't wait to see them because you know what? They're awesome. And, you know, you learn to redirect and then you kind of move them another direction. And, and it was this dance that we learned how to work with him. The last time I saw my dad awake, um, two weeks before he died, he how we walked in the memory care home and he was he still recognized me i was really really young um and i was in college in, in his mind and because he, he had had renal failure so he actually passed away from renal failure he didn't pass away from the alzheimer's per se uh, but when i saw him he looked really distressed and normally when you walked in the room you got a big grin on his face because he knew somebody was coming to visit him and he, he looked at me and he, he just really was upset and i said dad he said what and i said what's the matter and he said I have to pay your college tuition, don't I? Mm. And I got the biggest grin on my face. And I said, Dad, I just want to let you know something. I said, I got a scholarship, and you never have to pay my tuition again. (laughs) And he got so happy. And that was just, that's how you do it. And that's how you work with it. But you mentioned um, learning and knowing how to deal with it. A lot of people don't know how to deal. No, Yeah, it's overwhelming. And maybe we can talk about today. Yeah. Are there educational classes to help? 
people that support people with this disease. I mean, they need to get help as well. Yeah. It takes a lot out of the caregivers, and they need help and support as well. It is exhaust, and we were. I mean, we were blessed. Like I said, uh, my mom was was ill as well, and she was not able to take care of my dad. And so he ended up in a memory care home, and we were very lucky. There was a good memory care home. This was over in Atlanta. We've got, of course, um, Dr. George Patton here. He knows a little bit about great memory care uh, and so forth. But, you know, we were lucky we had that, and they had the resources because they had done everything right in their lives. And so we were able to get good care for Dad. But even when we were taking care of him and, you know, so forth, it was, you know, man, it was learning on the fly. And my Mm -hmm. sister was like, like number two person at the CDC for geriatric health. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she knew about it too. But it was just like, okay, what are we going to do here? Because we had to have family meeting after family meeting. And a lot of families can't survive the stress right. of what goes on. Because then suddenly you might get one sibling that turns on the others mm-hmm. or one person gets exhausted. or Because mm-hmm. it, it really honestly is um, – Exhausting. It changes the the dynamic of the family, where you. Yes. I, I mean, I mean, but a lot of yes. people know. You think that's simple, but it's no, not. A lot of does. people take that for granted that the parents are the caretakers, and then you're the children. But when it turns around and the tables turn, then what do you do? And how do you mentally digest that? You know, I mean, how do you deal with it? Taking my dad's car keys, that was huge, mm-hmm. and it was so hard on him. Because that was everything. That was his freedom. That was Mm -hmm. his whole, you know. And so there are little steps like that are tough. And you're right. It does mess with the family dynamic. And and because I am incredibly blessed. And like I said, I I keep going back to my own situation. But I have two older sisters that are rock stars. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we all have – and we've been doing this our whole lives. So we know how to – you know, my sister is the smart one. My oldest sister was the incredibly smart one. She had all the medical knowledge. She knew the people. We knew to get the. My middle sister was the one who she was the doer. She could get everything done. She knew how to get contracts taken care of. She knew how to get that done. I was the social chairman. I was the one who could make everybody feel better. I could manage to get things done. I could talk my mom into doing things that she needed to do because I was the mom whisperer. So it was like we worked in tandem on that, and that is so important on this to have that kind of teamwork and have that team. My sisters and I, we're going to go have Thanksgiving together. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be the first time that we're going to be together that does not involve somebody falling down or somebody being ill or somebody, you know. And so we have got several boxes of family pictures. And we're going to sit there and might get a bottle of wine (laughs) and sit there and drink. And we're going to go through the good memories. That's going to be great. And and to heal from this. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited about this concert series. And Mm -hmm. I I have to admit, I was asked to be able to be an MC for it. And I was not able to do it. And I hate that uh, on many different levels because I truly believe in what this represents. Because, you know, of course... You know, with Dad's situation, I saw how important music was. You know where the, he was staying and, and so forth. And I, if you, I tell you what, if you have not watched the Glenn Campbell documentary, you need to watch that. It is fantastic. It is very powerful. Um, you talk about a family that loves somebody. Good grief! I mean, they they rallied around him. Uh, but you know, he was able to play guitar right. You know, right toward the end, and that's pretty amazing huh. when you think about that. Music is so important. Oh yeah, so that's huge. It's universal, so yeah. it's the universal language. Right. So imagine how much power it has if it can unite people from the, all over the world. Well, unless I sing, and then it completely <laughs> kills everybody. So that was definitely not why they invited me to be a part of this with me singing on that. Speaking of music, yes, yeah, so we're going to go to break. Yeah, let's go to break. That'd be great. Hey, look, we got a great show today. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to welcome our panel. I mean, we are chocked full of really 
great people in the studio today to discuss the music and the mind and how it can play an integral part with helping find a cure for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, We also want to hear your thoughts on our question. How has it affected you? We want to hear from you because I know this is going to be a moment for you to be able to vent and kind of talk about your situation as well. So you can give us a call at 877-672-7464 or you can email me at marshall at MPB online. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking with MPB Think Radio. I'm Marshall Ramsey, your host. Hey, look, it's Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And um, unfortunately, many of you are very aware of this disease. But I'll be honest with you, until it really hits you, you don't know much about it. And so you just think, Alzheimer's, that's some German guy, right? Well, uh, actually, no, it it is a disease. Actually, it was a, a doctor many, many years ago, and that's who the disease is named after. But uh, our guest today, we're going to share information about this amazing concert series that's designed to bring awareness, support, and hope to Alzheimer's. Now, let me go back here real quick. Those three things, awareness, which is incredibly important because, you you know, if you know what you're facing, uh, it does reduce stress quite a bit. Uh, support is huge. You've got to have people there for you. You cannot feel alone on this because if you do, it will eat you alive. And then there's hope, which I um, hope is so powerful. It really is. It's incredible. All right. Well, we're going to get to our roundtable, who is sitting around a square table. I love that. And we're going to be doing uh, sharing mics, so this may sound a little bit weird. But, uh, Mark, let's just go ahead and start with you and introduce yourself on what you do. Okay. Uh, my name is Mark Nabholtz. I'm privileged to be the artistic director of the Mississippi Chorus. Uh, I also am the director of choral activities at Mississippi College in Clinton. So you've like got your dream job. Absolutely. And so you yes. get to deal with, oh, I'm just talented, incredible people all the time. Yeah. 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 That's okay. kind of the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> actually, well, yeah. well that, sometimes talented people aren't incredible. So I can tell you that. Oh, the ones I work with are. They yes. are. That's good. Well, that's good to hear. All right. Yeah. I'm, you. Yes. I'm pointing at you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm Mary Kim Smith. I'm the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association Mississippi chapter. Um, I'm a registered nurse, have been a caregiver for my mother and mother-in-law and hundreds of people over the course of my career and families who've dealt with this disease. And it's an honor to be here. And thank you so much for helping us um, shine a light on this this public health crisis. It is a crisis. And um, our goal is is to reach families that are in, in need because they're so busy living day to day that they don't a lot of times know where to turn. So we have a staff and everybody on our staff, our mighty seven uh, at this point, and volunteers around the state are working to, to reach families. Yeah. 
How did you get in? Just a real quick, how did you get into it? Was it because of your experience working with your mom? And um, Maybe by God's grace. Um, yeah. My mother passed away 15 years ago with vascular dementia. Yeah. Um, my mother-in-law passed away five years ago with Alzheimer's dementia. And I was Nancy Nurse who could solve all problems and do all things and found out very quickly that being a caregiver is a completely different situation. Like you mentioned your sister. Yeah. Um, all of my knowledge kind of went out the window and I turned to, to the Alzheimer's Association and said, can you help me? And then a few years later, ran a retirement community and saw professional caregivers who right. were getting burnout and, and loved these people because they had become their family and, and they needed information and support. Yeah. And, that led to being a volunteer, a volunteer educator, and then uh, a year ago became the executive director of the association. You didn't show up to a meeting, did you? And right, they, they, exactly. exactly. And, and they named you boss. Exactly. And But it's been one of the yeah. greatest blessings for me to, to reach families. Um, statistically, the Alzheimer's Association says we only reach 6% of the population. Wow. So that this gives us a voice, a voice to families who are, are not able to speak for themselves because they're busy trying to live day to day right exactly george so i'm uh george Patton. uh i've done internal medicine in jackson mississippi for 40 years now i'm also presently the medical director at st catherine's village retirement community which includes campbell cove which is the uh dementia unit and also serve on the board of the Mind Center at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Which Mind Center is doing some incredible work. It does some incredible work. It, it has some of the most preeminent researchers in the area of Alzheimer's disease. We're very lucky in this state to yeah. have such important people in that research, and they're doing some wonderful work. We've got a long, long way to go. I know. That's that's the top part. Tim Coker. Hello, Tim. I am. Um, uh, for uh, more than 30 years, was professor of music at Millsaps College, is choral director, sort of the same kind of job that Mark has, and great job. Uh, retired a little over a year ago. Uh, toward the end of my career at uh, Millsaps College, I became interested in the relationship between music and the mind. Yeah. I'd also been, for more than 10 years, have been doing pre-concert lectures for the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. And have noticed how people are, have a real hunger for the cognitive aspects of music and listening. Right. So I just became more and more interested in that and have discovered that uh, the relationship between music and the mind, brain health, yes. has become a huge topic today. And uh, I have been discovering that and have uh, uh, really benefited from having a chance to look at that more and more. And this was a wonderful opportunity with this collaboration, which is a really true collaboration. It here. truly is. And I mean, you uh, just look at the different backgrounds yeah. of everybody sitting at this table. And kudos instance. to that lady over there, Sherry Boyer, mm -hmm. for all the work that she has done yeah. in coordinating all of this. Well, one because thing I can tell you about Sherry is if, uh, if there's anything to be done and you try to get in her way, Good luck. Back off. It's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> here, she, here. And she doesn't have a microphone, so she can't say anything. And she can't it, so. defend herself. Exactly. That'd be she great. can hold up signs for us. Well, how the, how the idea of the concert series come about? I mean, we talked a little bit about, like you said, there's there's obviously this huge connection between the two. And, you know, you talk about the Mind Center. I mean, we had Glenn Campbell was one of the first people that came in on that concert to raise money for it. And, of course, everybody, anybody who's familiar with that story knows how important music was to him and, and his 
journey with Alzheimer's. How did, I mean, who one day woke up and said, you know what, we need to do a concert series? I had become acquainted with the work of Robert Cohen, the composer of this piece. I had actually done another piece of his in a previous uh, teaching situation. And so as I was exploring the rest of his output to find out what else he had written, this piece popped up. Oh, wow. And uh, at the time, I, I thought, Mm, that looks interesting. And the more I studied it, the more I thought, this really needs to be performed more. And fortunately for him, uh, it has been performed many different places in the country now and in Europe. Uh, I believe the Vienna premiere of this piece happened in 2014. Um, and so he's getting a broader audience for this piece. He he collaborated with a... Uh, uh, Grammy Award-winning librettist Herschel Garfine in putting together l- the libretto drawn from real-life situations. Um, and there's just an authenticness to his work in this. I think he takes a really devastating subject and manages with his skill and the the skill of his librettist to make it an uplifting, encouraging, hopeful thing where you you think oh this piece of music is about alzheimer's disease well that seems like a depressing subject and somehow they managed to turn it into anything but depressing well talk about how i mean you know of course naturally i'm interested how he came about and why he decided to write the piece if it was like a family background or something that hit him but i mean what what are some of the aspects of the piece that make it anything but depressing um, well, you know, there's throughout history, there's been what you would call advocacy art, whether it's right. political or social. I or, do that every day. Yeah. 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 And and uh, sometimes that that sort of thing, when it's applied to music, it becomes music that just simply carries the words and doesn't really enlighten, doesn't really broaden your understanding of the words through right. the music. And somehow he does it. I don't really know how he does it. Um, I hope by the time we've performed it three times, <laughs> I'll have a better understanding of, of exactly what it is that makes this music tick. But I would call this advocacy art of the highest order. There's something, this stands alone as music. It stands alone as a libretto, and you combine the two, and it becomes something even better. I think I know the answer to this question, but why is it called Alzheimer's Stories? Because I would think it would be a collection of stories about it is. Uh, yeah, it's broken into three sections. The first section is really about the statistics. Uh, it, the The choir actually is intoning the year and the number of patients, and it, you just get a sense throughout that first section of how this disease has grown and grown and grown. Some yeah. of that growth has been through awareness, you know, increasing awareness. Um so, but also just the number of people affected by it worldwide. Second, um, the second section of the piece is drawn from real life experiences that were collected by the librettist and him during the writing of the oh, wow. piece of people saying, this is what happened to us. And so they very well, in a very well crafted, well thought out way, pull together some of those stories and weave them together into that second uh, section. And then the third is actually taken from the writings of people who are caregivers, professional caregivers. Um, and that's that's where the piece really culminates because he pulls into finally the lines of text. And if, do you mind if I read a little bit oh, of it? Oh, please do. Okay. 
Find those you love in the dark and light. Help them through the days and nights. Keep faith. They sense what they cannot show. Love and music are the last things to go. And then the final words of the piece are sing anything. And that repeats sing anything, sing anything. So it ties together that connection between the mind, this devastating disease, and the power of music. That's beautiful. That that's absolutely beautiful. I know you talk about professional caregivers. Every time I would come across one of the the people that were helping Dad, I'd always check their back for wings, you know, because <laughs> they were definitely angels on that. Okay, so talk a little bit about um, the roles that y'all are playing with the the concert series. Well, I'm the guy up in front waving the stick and trying to hold things together. Do, they, do, do people really watch you when you do that? I mean, <laughs> I can only hope. Okay, just and checking. pray. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I've always wondered on that. So, so. well, I will be giving a, a brief talk oh, yeah. about the relationship between music mm-hmm. and the mind, and uh, it's. Um, uh, will be a, a multimedia right. kind of presentation. It has some very dramatic um, clips from uh, a couple of documentaries. Uh, the one that comes to mind first is one entitled Alive Inside. Yeah. And uh, it, it goes to the point that uh, so much is locked inside someone mm-hmm. who has dementia, Alzheimer's, but they can't get it out. Yeah. And they find out that uh, by following uh, this music therapist for about three years, this man who made the documentary found out that over and over again when he offered music to these people who had the dementias or Alzheimer's, that it would unlock momentarily who they were deep inside. And for a while there, they remembered, you know, past yeah. That they, and they couldn't talk about it. But now for a brief brief time, you would even see just really good conversations even going on. Which anybody who's gone through this knows if you when you get those little moments of, of daylight. Very special. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Right. You just you live for those moments. Right. And uh, so anyway, this documentary, Alive Inside, is really one that that people who uh, may be going through this, anticipating yeah. that it would be a good one to see. And uh, it provides a lot of hope and um, shows how much work is being done in the area of music therapy right. today to, to aid people as they're trying to get through this very difficult experience. That, that is huge. I, I look forward to, I mean, hate I'm not going to be there because I want to hear that. That would be fantastic. But uh, after the break, we're going to continue speaking with our panel of guests about Alzheimer's stories. And if you have any questions or comment about today's show, give us a call at MPB Ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz. 
7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, look, if you're just tuning in, uh, we've been talking with Dr. Timothy Coker, Dr. Mark Navels, and Dr. George Patton and Mary Kim Smith about Alzheimer's stories. And I tell you what, this is an incredible concert series. going to be three towns. We'll talk about a little bit about that, too. Uh, but before the break, we were talking about uh, just how the, the whole thing came to be to begin with talking a little bit about alzheimer's but we're also talking about how, what an incredible piece of music that this is um the, the the major points of the concert event um you know we talked a little bit about import how important that music therapy is for the patients and and how it can unlock memories and can bring people back uh, just for a brief amount of time it's incredible but what are some of the points of the actual symphony? Because do you take the journey from the beginning to the very end? Is that how it works? Is it kind of a sequential piece? Well, the entire piece is only 31 minutes long. Or so. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very quick journey. Um, uh, but it, is, it does start with statistical data, right. which you would think, how could that possibly be presented musically? And he's, it's just genius the way they do it. A very rhythmic uh, uh, sort of thing. And the, and we there are two soloists. There is a person playing the role, a mezzo soprano who plays the role of Augusta Dater, who was the first woman who was diagnosed with by Doctor Alzheimer. By Doctor Alzheimer, right. and then the baritone plays the role of Doctor Alzheimer. So there's some very tender back and forth between the two of them. Him asking her questions, her giving the same answer over and over. Yeah. No matter what the question was, she would give the same answer, and that, you know that's that's very common in Alzheimer's patients. Uh, so there's a very human element to the whole piece. And I think anyone who has dealt with Alzheimer's in their family or is dealing with it now will immediately sense that connection with this music. You had mentioned earlier, and you read some of the lyrics, but you mentioned love and music and the last things to go. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit more because I just that really just grabbed me. Well, I think other people on the panel might be better equipped okay. to, hand to to talk about that. But just the idea that really, as everything slips away yeah. from the Alzheimer's sufferer, um, being able to sense that they are loved and also that gift of music, if they've enjoyed it as a young person and throughout their life. It's still there, and as Dr. Coker just mentioned, it can help unlock other parts of the mind. Uh, which well. is which is literally the you know the the brass ring that everybody who's going through this is looking for. They want to grab that moment so they can get a little bit more time. Right. So talk about right. that. Y'all jump in on the on the um, backup singer, Mike. Well, um, what Dr. Coker mentioned as far as alive inside. Yeah. Uh, it is um, produced and and. And there are grants available that some states and some areas have taken advantage of through Music and Memory is the name of the organization that mm-hmm. promotes it. And there are ways to incorporate, and that's what we're hoping to do from my perspective, is take this event and use it to touch lives. And what they do is they incorporate college students or music therapy students to to download somebody's type of music. If, if I love um, folk music and you put hard Metallica in my ears, it's not going to really open the connections for me that if you know me well enough to know that I like, you know, Paul Simon, then they download tracks on iPod Nanos 
and put them in long-term care communities and in someone's home. That's wonderful. So that when someone is agitated or, or having a tough time dealing with what's going on right now, then you give them their music. And it works better than any medication. So that's that's kind of a secondary primary goal for us at, at the association. And as we go out and educate the community, um, whether it be at home, anywhere along the, the lifespan spectrum, is we want to support caregivers by giving people a way to deal with this journey that that is is giving someone their independence back. Right, right. And so, you know, just thinking about this, even from somebody who's, well, I, hopefully I don't, I mean, I guess I have a family component now of it, but I mean, I'm thinking that this would be an important part of my life even today is getting music in there. Because I remember when I had cancer, I remember listening to classical mm-hmm. music and that helped cure my anxiety. That I had. So, yeah, I can see how this would be very powerful. It is. And the, the way this journey has happened for me and for us is I was like a month into this position, uh, still kind of overwhelmed exactly what my job was. And I got a call from this lady named Sherry Boyer that said, we have this idea. Speak nice about her. She's in the oh, room. Oh, she was awesome. <laughs> so and, and I understand we're we are new friends that have been friends for years now. Yeah. And so they said, here's our idea. And I have a friend at the Mind Center, that um, Denise Lafferty and Dr. Mosley, and the work they do at the Mind Center, this was just a perfect fit for what we're all doing. Right. And a year down the road, here we are. And it's it's going to be something that just really will touch the community and and hopefully start a momentum that's going to allow us to help a lot of families. You know, just thinking about the science on this, and of course I am a cartoonist, so I'm not going to say that obviously we have uh, much smarter people in the room about this, but um, I always think about two things that always triggers memories for me. Number one is smell. You know, if I smell rubber tires, I think of my dad's car shop. If I smell perfume, I might think of my wife. Or if, But music triggers my memories as much as anything. So this makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the role Mississippi has helped playing to fight this terrible disease because, uh, you know, the Mind Center, we mentioned that, the, the great work that we're doing. Obviously, uh, you know, y'all are, Mary Kim, y'all are doing some great work too. Talk about how, what, what's going on here in Mississippi. Um, we have some amazing things going on. And, um, you know, the, the Mind Center and is, is our leading research entity in our state. Right. The Alzheimer's Association internationally and nationally is the third leading funder of research behind the United States and China. Right. But we fund the idea study at the Mind Center and it's it's amazing the work that they're doing there. Dr. Mosley and his team are are hopefully gonna be leaders or they are leaders. They they head up a consortium internationally that is is doing amazing things. So, about, yeah, t- tell us a little bit where we're at. And, of course, George, you might be able to jump in on this, too. Where are we at medically with this? Because, um, you know, it seems like, okay, this is coming. It's a freight train that's coming at you. You know, we can't seem to slow it down. There are some drugs that do, Aricet, I think that's one of them. Um, it, but there are some drugs that can, can slow this down a little bit. But we're just understanding the role of plaque and what may cause it. I mean, where are we with this? Okay, so basically you have an illness, Alzheimer's disease, which falls under the umbrella of all dominion illnesses, such as Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal yeah. dementia, vascular dementia. So it, it's this large group of illnesses that all present with the same manifestations. The problem we have 
is that though some advancement has been made in early diagnosis in some of the work that's being done at right. the Mind Center and throughout the world, the problem we got is that you have this illness that you can diagnose early, but you don't have anything you can do about it. Right. So that creates difficulties in and of itself. So now much of the quest will be to find ways, one, to prevent it yes. after early diagnosis and then to treat it if it occurs. Hopefully that we would never get to the point of needing treatment if we could prevent it. Um, and you've got an illness that affects so much of the population. Uh, we found ways in medicine to keep people alive, it seems, forever. But what we've done is we are creating a population right. that where dementia is going to be so much more common. Because over sixty, you're more likely to get it, and then particularly if you're in your eighties, I mean, you're 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 like one in three. Or I if saw you some live to be eighty five, a huge at one time it was half the population. Yeah. probably it's not that many, but it's a huge number of people at the age of eighty five that will be affected by this devastating illness. So. What we're left with is while we're making, we're doing this research to find ways to prevent and treat Alzheimer's disease, we've got to have something available to make quality of life better yes. in these individuals. Amen. And so now we fall to music there. But we've known for years that when you play music that's familiar to these individuals, they just perk up. And they still know how to play the piano, and they know all the words to all the old hymns. So this is where I think what Tim and the others are doing is so important uh, to create a better quality of life. So there's a genetic component to this, correct? I sure. Mean, that, yeah, so there's a – I mean, that that's, could be one of it. Um, if you know that you've got in your family, what are some things that you need to be doing, say you're middle-aged at this point and you're worried that you may be – Well, you bring up a good point because yeah. you guys just did a program this morning on preventing memory loss. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, it. so yeah, no, in the early program. So not funny, they're very the, the problem we get into, there are a lot of these things, but we're still not sure exactly how much they impact prevention. Right. So any kind of mental exercise and avoiding head injuries. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry. So, I got the concussion last year, so mm -hmm. I'm already behind on the eight ball on that. But diet, exercise, just basic well, well, helping sure. reduce so, re depression also is a factor. Anything we do – to create more health in an individual, obviously, is going to make a difference. Right. Now, this is all, everything's genetically related. There's going to be genetic predisposition. So, what do we do outside? We can't do anything about our genes, per se, with this illness. So, you just have to be healthy. And then that falls in the area of uh, health in young people. We got to start with young population. Right. You and the, I were talking a little bit about it off the on. Um, off the air before the shows, it was like, well, what are we going to do about the medical care in this country? Because obviously it's getting more and more expensive and more and more difficult. And so if there's things we can do on the front end when you're 20 years old that affects when you're 70 or 80 years old, then that's a – got to start thinking like exactly. that. Exactly. Basically, it's preventive health. And good luck with that, right? Because uh, well, yeah, we're all bulletproof we when we won't turn this into a political show. No, right I know. Now, no, but, I know. But uh, I say good luck with that because yeah. when, when you're 20 years old, you're bulletproof. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, Michelle, we'll we'll um, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to go. We're going to talk a little bit more about the concert series because I, I want to make sure everybody gets the opportunity to go see this. This is this is very powerful, and um, if you're walking this path right now too, you definitely need to be part of this. So we're going to take that quick break, and we'll continue to speak with our excellent panel. And if you have a question or comment on today's show, hey, look, we want to hear from you. How has Alzheimer's affected you? And, and you know, we want to hear from you because we know you're listening right now. That's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. 
podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Alzheimer's is a disease that is affecting more and more of us here in the state of Mississippi and all around the world. And anybody who's ever been affected by it knows how incredibly taxing and just tough it is on not only the patients themselves, although they told us, I remember when dad was diagnosed, they said, you know, uh, after a while, he'll be okay. You're the ones that are going to suffer. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, that really makes me look forward to this roller coaster ride. But uh, a lot of truth to that. But you know what? There is hope. And there are some great things being done. And one of the things that's going on, there's a fantastic concert series that's coming up. We're going to talk about just in a half second called Alzheimer's Stories. And I tell you what, it is uh, an incredibly powerful. Uh, and I, I just. I'm really thankful this is being done. It's just going to really be uh, something that helps a lot of folks. Also, too, um, we have a great panel in the studio. We've got Dr. Timothy Coker, Dr. Mark Nabols, and Dr. George Patton and Mary Kim Smith. Uh, and we've been talking about the disease a little bit. And we do have a caller real quick, and I want to get Grace on the line. Grace, um, thank you for calling. How are you? Hi, Grace. How are you? Well, she's She's kind of quiet today. I'm a little bit worried about Grace. Grace, are you there? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll get Grace on in just a few minutes. Uh, Dr. Coker, you were talking a little bit off the air. The problem about this show is sometimes the conversations we have when the <laughs> mics are off are fantastic. Uh, you were talking about, and, and okay, I think Dr. Patton's talking a little bit about how children need to be, at an early age, need to be doing more creative things like music and art and to help develop the brain and help and you were talking about what MRIs look like when music is played. Yes. Uh, one of the great things that we have now uh, is this technology, the fMRI, the Functional Magnetic Resonating System. Uh, imaging. 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 Uh, That's why we have a big panel. But it gives you, it gives you <laughs> colors that let yeah. you see what, how active the brain is when, when certain things I've seen that done during meditation yeah. before, for instance. Yeah. Uh, we used to think of the of, of music. Well, we we divided things: right brain, left brain. When you look at music now through this, the whole brain is firing, and it's amazing how much is going on. And so we, we're beginning not to think of music as that. And this is one of the great things: is that um, uh, now the research is suggesting very strongly that music. Activities, playing an instrument or listening to music actively, not just background, but listening to music actively, is a whole brain exercise. Yeah. And uh, along with that is the idea that the, the brain is, is, has a lot of plasticity. It can rewire itself. Which is a huge change of thought because it yes. used to be that your brain, you developed, you know, like you couldn't learn a foreign language past a certain age, but your brain would get to a certain point and then start going downhill. Now, that we know that's not true. It's very strongly suggesting that now that this this is true, and this also means that um, uh, there's real possibilities now that you, the activities, the choices you make, your health, your uh, things you do, help build reserves right. that you can call upon later in life when perhaps some of these other pathways are denied because of disease. Perhaps some of these reserves can can help. Uh, uh, strengthen you know your your mental capacities at at those times definitely well we're going to try grace again uh grace welcome to the show thank you for calling how you doing 
Nope. Grace is just having a hard, she's having a hard time with that. We'll get her on maybe eventually. Um, you mentioned, and, and we're going to go to the concert series in just a half second, but there was a study with uh, like a hundred nuns. That's right. a very famous study about with Alzheimer's and so forth. Give us a brief, like a one-minute synopsis of that stu- study because it's got some pretty powerful things in it. Yes, it was, it, was a, it was a very important study because this group of nuns allowed the researchers to do autopsies on them as when they died. Yeah. And, uh, of course, lots of different levels of, uh, of brain uh, dementias, and some didn't, of course. But one of the most uh, striking ones was one nun who died at 85, who on a scale of one to six, which is how they do the the ratings, you know, with the, the, how severe yeah. the uh, dementia is, had a six, but she was showing no signs of it. In fact, uh, and on the test that she had a year before she died, ex- uh, scored extremely high in all of her functions. So somehow or the other, she had built reserves in yeah. her life that she was able to call upon that rewired and and and, and, and went around the, the plaque. Went, around, went the... around it somehow. Yes. So that's uh, beginning to look at those kinds of things, and especially from my standpoint of view, how music can play a part in that. Right. I'm. You know. I remember all those times my mom would yell at me to turn down the music. She was wrong. I know that better now. <laughs> Concert series all around the state. Um, tell us what's when are they scheduled? How many? I know there's three. There so. are three concerts. Uh, the first one is this Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Nice. At, uh, in the sanctuary at Woodland Hills Baptist Church in Fondren. A beautiful venue, I might add. It is. Mm-hmm. It is a very nice venue. Uh, and then the next day, Saturday, October 28th at 3 p.m., we'll be at the Bologna Performing Arts Center at Delta State mm-hmm. University in Cleveland. Another nice venue, I might yeah, add. Oh, mm-hmm. One of the best in the state. A beautiful place. You're not doing any of these out in a hayfield, so I can tell you that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then the final one is October 29th Sunday at 7 p.m. in the Link Center in Tupelo. Oh, oh great. That's awesome. You got Miss America 2018. Uh, Kara Munn's going to be there, too. Yes, she'll be at all three uh, all three performances and be speaking to us at, at all three. Yeah, you couldn't get me to do it, so you got somebody who's a lot prettier. <laughs> That's so, right. Definitely, by far. <laughs> Okay, well, I heard a rumor that Grace is actually, and y'all are starting to think that Grace isn't a real person, but Grace, I know you're on the line, and thank you for calling, and I was just checking to see how you're doing. Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you all for having a topic on this. Oh, no problem. Uh, tell us just quickly a little bit about your story. Um, so my father is 90. He was the last of 11 children, and all but he have succumbed to Alzheimer's. Um, he actually is in the, the stages of dementia. Um, it's very taxing in my mother, yeah. especially. Oh, that's so, um, yeah. So we're just trying to figure out ways that we can assist her. Um, you know, I'm two hours away from home. My brother is, is 12 hours away from home. But how can we better assist her with coping? Um, you know, I try to get over there as often as I can, but I have three children myself, and I can't quite get away as frequently as I'd like. Grace, you and I are in exactly the same boat. I was uh, 400 miles away from my parents, and I have three children. And, you know, you got a life here, and you got a life there, and you feel guilty every single second you're not on the road to go visit them. So I completely Absolutely. understand. Yeah, Mary Kim, you could probably answer this for Grace pretty well. Uh, Grace, there, there are a lot of... Um resources available one is there's an 800 number it's 800-272-3900 that's a 24-7 helpline that's free of charge from the alzheimer's association they have master's degree social workers that can can put your mom in touch with people in her local community 
and and they speak 300 different languages. So if, <laughs> if there are people that, that don't speak, um, you know, the language, then they can even connect with them. But in addition to that, if your mother has neighbors, um, connections from church, uh, yeah. anything that she can do to just have um, a few minutes of respite, um, even right. if it's once a week or, you know, if, and, and when she goes, like to go to the grocery store, to go shopping or get her nails done, something, because a lot of times, I mean, I've seen over the years, and I'm sure these gentlemen have too, that you worry a lot of times about the caregiver more than the person who lives with the disease because they're in their own reality. And your mother's 24-7 plus days. Mm-hmm. So um, I've lived it myself, and, and you just think, you know, when am I going to get some rest? But you guys can't do it for her. So the more community resources, call us, um, alz.org backslash ms is our um website we're here we have been caregivers and we'll we'll be there to support you even if it's just someone to listen wonderful thank you grace that was, that was a great call and we hope that um well we'll be praying for your mom because that's tough too and, and for you as well uh about the concert real quick who all is going to be performing what groups well the main the main chorus is the mississippi chorus which it's are a, awesome by the way it's a yeah. group of about 90 singers uh, from all over the greater jackson area we have singers that come as far away as vicksburg uh, to the weekly rehearsals um and then we'll be accompanied by members of the mississippi symphony uh professional instrumentalists yeah. and a uh, very fine group so this is going to be a fantastic concert that's right our soloists are viola dacus who is on the faculty with me at uh, mc and then Patton Rice, who teaches at the Mississippi School of the Arts. Well, we've got about 30 seconds left, and I just want to thank all of you for being on today and talking about this. Like you could hear in Grace's voice, um, there are a lot of people right now that are completely at wit's end, and they don't feel like there's any hope. And knowing that there is something like this, once again, and I'm going to get read the end, something like this is out there that is going to be huge. So we need to get the website. How can fi- folks find out more information and be able to get tickets? Singanything.org is Sing the place any- to go for tickets, uh, to get more information about the concert venues, things like that. Singanything.org. That's right. Just remember that. Um, I tell you what, we're at the uh, end, of, end of the show, but I really thank you all. This is, I've been therapeutic for me, too, actually, believe it or not. So it means the world to me, and I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to get you all on again some other time because I feel like this is a topic that we can continue to explore. All right, Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio and, of course, produced by the incredibly talented and wonderful and amazing Michelle McAdoo. I'm going to say nice things about her because she controls my mic. Anyway, we're going to do this again next week. Up next is Southern Remedy. Like I said, this is Now You're Talking. We will see you all next Monday.